This is Ira on Sports, True Oldies Channel. I'm Mike Balsamo. It's that time of the year again. Fantasy football season. Football's here, but come on, fantasy football just a little bit more important. You get to get involved. We got to bring in our fantasy guru. It's Dr. Roto of drroto.com. Follow him on Twitter at Dr. Roto. Win your fantasy league. Go to drroto.com. Dr. Roto, I think you have a new and improved site. It's looking really good. I do have a new improved site. Thanks for noticing. Glad to be on with you. And uh, yeah, Dr. Roto 2.0. We're excited. We have amazing tools coming for football, whether you want to win in seasonal leagues or DFS or even in sports betting. The site's ready to go, so we're excited. So first things first, Dr. Roto, first overall pick. You know, I've been doing fantasy for over 20 years, and I don't think I've ever seen a non-running back go number one overall. But is the the tide shifting? Is this the year where we buck the running back and go with Justin Jefferson, say, uh, number one? Well, look, last year I took Justin Jefferson number one. I passed on Jonathan Taylor. I was one of those guys that just didn't trust Taylor. You know, I don't want the guy who had his season, his greatest season. I don't want to take that guy again this year. So, for example, I wouldn't take a Josh Jacobs this year. I want this year's number one pick. And this year's number one pick is Justin Jefferson. He's the best. I mean, he plays on an explosive offense. He's the number one receiver. It's a, a, a division with bad defenses. So, yeah, I'm taking him. And right now, the, the running back situation, you're talking about a, a time where there's committees everywhere and there aren't a lot of great running backs. So, yes, Jefferson is number one. You know, it's interesting you bring up Vikings and explosive offense. And I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I, I'll get your take on this anyway. The whole running back situation, Ira and I have been talking about this the last couple of weeks. And I feel like, for me, I, I use the term wins above replacement, like baseball. Dalvin Cook's great. And when Dalvin Cook's hurt for those four or five games a year every year, Alexander Madison comes in and does 90% of what Dalvin Cook does. So for me, this is why these guys aren't getting paid. It's not that they're not great. It's that there's another guy behind you who may not be great, but he's pretty darn good. What's your take on running backs not getting paid? Well, not only is he, is he almost as good, he's half, he doesn't he costs half as much, right? So why am I paying Dalvin Cook $12 million when I can pay Alexander Madison you know, $3 million? So, look, I think it's a problem. I feel badly. Where would the Giants be without Saquon Barkley? They would, they would not be close to the playoffs. So I think certain guys need to get paid, and I think it, it is a problem. I think Jonathan Taylor will play this year. Saquon obviously signed his contract. You know, I, I, it feels collusive. I'm not saying that it is. But, you know, look, when, when one guy is great and another guy is very good, why pay for great if you don't have to? So I see what the owners are saying, but man, the players can't be happy. It, while I agree with you on Saquon, I'm a Giants fan, and yes, they need Saquon, but when he was down for a season, Wayne Gallman didn't look that terrible making, you know, $400,000 or whatever the league minimum is. So it, it's a conundrum for the owners for sure. Um, I want to talk about Travis Kelsey, and we talked about him last year, and I totally agreed with you, you know, not to reach on him, but I'm seeing Travis Kelsey now go as early as pick five. In in redrafts, have you reevaluated Kelsey and where you you'd be willing to take him? Well, look, Travis Kelsey's the number one tight end. It's not even a question. But I just had a great interview with a, a Chiefs insider on my radio show, and we came to the same agreement. I think Travis Kelsey, you need to preserve him for the Super Bowl run. So, do you need him to be great in Week Two? No, you need it to be great in, in the wild card round and the divisional rounds and to get you to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to give I'm going to take 10 percent off last year's stats. So maybe he gets you know 100 catches. Maybe he's getting 1100 yards. Maybe he's getting nine or 10 touchdowns. That's not to say he's not going to be good. I just think he's somebody that I'm probably taking at pick nine, 10, 11, 12 of round one, and pick five. I want Tyreek Hill. 
I, I want uh, Christian McCaffrey. I want Austin Eckler. I'm going to go there instead. So who are the tight ends you're you're targeting? Because tight end is like a cesspool. After after you get done with Travis Kelsey, it's almost like you're just signing yourself up for, for six or seven points a week. Yeah, so one of my favorite guys this year is Darren Waller. I mean, I think he's in a great spot with the Giants. He's, he's arguably the Giants' best receiver. Can you name me a Giants wide receiver? Most people can. Jalen Hyatt. Uh, Darren, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And he should be good in 2024. So I like Darren Waller <laughs> a lot. Uh, I like Pat Fryermuth a lot. Uh, David Joku for Cleveland should be fine. I, I think those mid-round tight ends are guys. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, I think, is interesting. Greg Dulcich. And here's my guy, stinky guy, Sam Laporta. Detroit Lions, you don't know them now, but you will by the end of the season. So one of the the ways that I know that someone's probably kind of new to fantasy is when they take Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Um, Where are you taking a quarterback this year? You know, back when I started doing fantasy over 20 years ago, there was like eight to 10 viable quarterbacks. Now there's a pretty, there's 15 guys that can, that can put up points. What round are you targeting a QB? Who do you like in that department? I think there are eight great ones this year. And then I think there are eight guys I can use after that. But I do want one of the eight great ones. Uh, two of my favorites this year are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. I'm all in on them. I'm all in on their offenses. And I don't have to take them as early as I have to take them Holmes or Hurts or Allen. If I don't get those two guys, then I'll wait a little bit. I think you can get some value with a Jared Goff. I think you can get some value with a Geno Smith. I think you can get some value with Daniel Jones, who I think is like a, a poor man's Justin Fields because he does run a lot as well. Uh, but really, it's it's Herbert and Lawrence for me. If I'm in 25 drafts this year, which I probably will be in, give me Lawrence and Herbert in 24, and I'll be pretty happy. So let's talk about the strategy. You know, that that's a single quarterback league we're talking about, obviously. But Superflex and two quarterbacks are getting much more popular. What's your strategy in the Superflex or, or the 2QB? I mean, you're going to see typically six quarterbacks go in the first round. How are you, uh, you know, diving into those? Yeah, I'm never that guy, right? So I look at what I call the power of 24. Give me two guys in the rankings. And if you go to drroto.com, we get a great cheat sheet. It's a tiered cheat sheet. It's easy to use. It, it gives, it's the exact cheat sheets that I'm bringing into my own drafts. I want a guy who's quarterback number 11 and quarterback 13 or quarterback 9 and quarterback 15, something like that. Give me two decent guys, and I think I'll be okay. I don't need to have Mahomes and Josh Hallen to win a super flex league. I want to build my running backs and receivers all the time. So before I turn you over to Ira, people are probably hearing the name. Again, this is Dr. Roto here on Ira on sports, drroto.com on Twitter at Dr. Roto. People probably hear the name. And if, if they're one of these guys who only does fantasy football, they're like, well, how does Roto come into play? And I'm assuming that has to come from rotisserie leagues, which are common in baseball, things like that. Am I right on where the name came from? You are 100% right. They came up with the first fantasy baseball league at the Rotisserie Restaurant in New York. And so that's why they were called Rotisserie Baseball. And so, um, you know, that morphed into fantasy football and fantasy baseball. But originally, when everybody started to play, it was Rotisserie. So that is where the Roto name came. And, you know, Matthew Berry at one time was the talented Mr. Roto. I'm Dr. Roto. You know, I'm not telling you. I'm not saying he copied me, but you never know. Well, you, you have the PhD. He's just a guy off the street. Exactly. Dr. Roto, so that, that was going to be my question, though. What do you like? I have a lot of friends that. They, live, they, they do nine fantasy football leagues and won't touch another fantasy league. Whereas I think fantasy baseball and hockey are better than, than fantasy football. What do you say to people that, that can't get into other fantasies? Well, look, fantasy baseball to me is a very hard sport because you have to be paying attention to minor leagues. You don't have minor leagues in the NFL. 
right? Maybe you have a practice squad player here or there. But in baseball, you've got to know single A, you've got to know double A, you've got to know triple A. And baseball lasts forever. I mean, really, it goes from March until October or the end of September. It's, it's long. Football, you don't have to worry about it. It's, right, it's one of those things you play on Sundays, and you don't have to manage your team as much, so it's easier. So I, I feel like people feel like they can do three and four and five football leagues, and plus people love football. Now, I'm not saying that baseball is not great. I'm not saying basketball or hockey. I mean, we have our fanatics. I mean, at DrOrder.com, we cater to all the sports. But, you know, what I, I like to equate it to is football is Coke and everything else is Pepsi and Fresca. <laughs> That's a fair analysis. I was going to turn you over to Ira, but you, you brought a question up to me. So you mentioned how football is just easier. You know, you, you kind of set it and forget it. What's your thoughts on best ball drafts? Because this is becoming really popular. And to me, it's kind of just lazy man's fantasy. I'm not a best ball guy. I, I don't know if, if people are familiar with it. You draft a team, and that's your team for the year. You don't set your roster or anything. It's just whatever points you get that week, you get you put the best guys are automatically put in. What do you think about best ball leagues? Well, it's like Ryan Cole. If you remember those commercials, just set it and forget it. I mean, that is best ball. You draft it, and you don't have to worry about it. Underdog Fantasy has a best ball mania for the winner gets $3 million. So um, admittedly, I have probably played more than I want to, more than Mrs. Roto even knows, because, hey, I'd love to be your rich friend with $3 million, but I couldn't agree with you anymore. I I find that it is lazy. I I win leagues because I pay attention and I grind, right? I'm checking every week. I'm looking at the waiver wires. I'm watching the box scores. I'm watching the games. I'm watching the playbacks of games. Best ball feels lazy to me. And anybody can win. Not anybody can win a regular fantasy football league because you got to stay on it. And I think that's what separates me from my, my competitors. And so, yes, I mean, best ball, sure, I want to win three million bucks, but it's not, you know, I'm not invested in it. I'm glad you agree with me. Ira, what do you have for uh, Dr. Roto? And that's just what you said about drroto.com. It's, it, I think you can lose your fantasy draft in the first, in the draft. You can lose fantasy in the draft. But if you just, if you're just, if you can survive the draft and do well, your, your site is great because every week there's just the, the adjustments, there's players you pick up, there's people that are available, there's things, there's trends that maybe not this week, but look three weeks ahead. And it's literally chess and checkers in terms of looking forward. And that's why I like your site so well, because you really are helping people that say they have a good team, but you let really them figure out a way to win, even if they don't have start out week one with 200 points and are running away with everything. But um, my, my question would be on the quarterbacks, because last year I had Tua and I almost won the league. I was in first place all year and then the Injuries and it was just so difficult. And what what do you and you know the Dolphins have this great offense, but what am I? What are we going to do with Tua and his injuries? Look, I think you're either in or you're out. And and I think I want to be in. I want to be on a McDaniel. I think he's an offensive genius. I think this Devin chain is off the chain. I, I mean, this dude is good. All right, that's just facts. I like Hill. I like Waddle. And they're limited, right? They're limited. Meaning. Do you really think Durham Smythe is getting seven touchdowns? Do you really think Braxton Berrios is going to be a guy who dominates? No, so you kind of know where the points are coming from. Now, look, if Tua gets hurt, is it Skylar Thompson? Is it Mike White? I don't know, but I can't think negatively. I think the big problem why people lose in fantasy football, oh, I don't want to take this guy because he could get hurt. Well, a lot of things can happen, but if, they, but if Tua stays healthy in that offense, he's a league winner. Give me a league winner, and I'll figure it out. And in terms of, you just mentioned uh, a chain from the Dolphins, a running back rookie, but also the big rookie running backs are Bajon Robinson for Atlanta and Jameer Gibbs for Detroit. Um, 
people love Robinson. I, I mean, I saw him in college. I like him, but I don't think I fell in love with him that much. But they said his game translates so quickly to the pros. What do you think about Robinson and Gibbs? I like Robinson a whole lot. I do. I mean, is he a transcendent talent? I, I'm, I'm, that's a wait and see. He went to the great spot. I mean, what does Arthur Smith know? He knows how to coach Derrick Henry. He knows how to, I mean, Tyler Algier had over a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. So he obviously knows how to do a rushing offense. So, I mean, he couldn't have gone to a better place, right? So I love that for him. Uh, Gibbs, look, if you watch college football, they barely used him. He's like, you know, on eBay, when you buy a product that is gently used, that's Gibbs. He only got like nine, touchdowns, <laughs> nine, nine touches a game last year for Alabama because they were winning by 30 points by halftime. This guy is great. He's got great hands out of the backfield. But listen, he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. So why they have David Montgomery. Look at what Jamal Williams did last year. Jamal Williams had a million touchdowns, and DeAndre Swift didn't. So just understand that Gibbs is a really good third-round pick. Robinson is a late first-round pick. Uh, but, you know, temper your expectations, but I do like them a lot. I loved in your website, drroto.com, you used the term name over game, and you used Alvin Kamara by saying everyone knows Alvin Kamara, everyone knows that six-touchdown game he had on Thanksgiving Day or whatever, and they think of that, and then some other players, but what are other players you think that are going to get drafted high just because they've, they've slipped, but everybody doesn't think they've really slipped? Yeah, I, I, the, great point. So I think we know Alvin Kamara. If you're the guy at your draft with a magazine, you're losing. Right, magazines are old school. Right, you're drafting guys. You're drafting Russell Wilson. You're, you're drafting guys like that. I don't. I want to be drafting the next great player, not the guy who was great a few years ago. So I'm not saying Kareem Hunt's not going to sign somewhere and be good. But how good is he going to be? Is he going to be Kareem Hunt from four years ago? Is Alvin Kamara on a three game suspension going to be as good? Are you drafting Zeke Elliott anymore? No, these are names I don't want. I don't want the championship team from 2020. I want the championship team for 2023. And on the same line of thought, um, second-year players break out. It used to be that the wide receivers that took them maybe two years, remember uh, Antonio Brown and Heinz Ward from a Steelers fan, it's, you know, they, first year they were one thing, and then they really started picking up that second year. Last year there were so many good rookie wide receivers. We're talking about, I could go through a whole list, Drake London, Romo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Garrett Wilson, Olave, Brooks. But who do you think is going to make that step where we'll say, okay, now next year they're going to definitely be the tippy-top first round with the Jeffersons and the Cups and those players? I think you named two of them right there. I think Olave and I think Drake London. I, I, look, I think the world is sleeping on Desmond Ritter. I know you think I'm crazy, but one of my favorite prize picks this year is Desmond Ritter over like 2,500 yards passing. So, look, if I think Bijan Robinson is going to be good and Kyle Pitts is going to be good and Drake London is going to be good, doesn't that mean that Desmond Ritter is going to be decent? Ritter took the hit Cincinnati to a championship game. So, I mean, the guy does have talent. Drake London is the only guy on that team. Mac Holland, Scotty Miller, Kadaro Hodge, I'm not buying it. There's no way London doesn't get 80 catches for 1,000 yards and seven or eight touchdowns. I'm a fan. Chris Olave. Do you know who was throwing him the ball last year? Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill. Now you have Derek Carr, who loves throwing the deep ball. How is that not a good fit? So I think I'm taking Olave in the second round of every draft I can this year, and I'm taking Drake London in round four. And if I can do that, I have a really good chance to win. And then besides that, the other thing is that players have moved teams, and they've gone from a team, and then they moved. Now, clearly we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers, because everybody knows 
But what about, and I don't even want to say this name because I like him so much and I don't want people to know, but I, 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 what about Calvin Ridley? Someone who didn't play last year, who's now with Jacksonville, and, you know, who, like as I said, moved to a situation where now maybe they could just skyrocket in terms of their value. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I like the whole Jaguar team. I'll give you another guy, Tank Bigsby. Take a look at this guy. I'm, I'm not the biggest ETN guy. I think Bigsby's going to score a bunch of touchdowns. And when you have a name like Tank, don't you think you're scoring touchdowns? I think you are. But listen, I like Calvin Ridley. I think Ridley was a supreme talent when he was with Atlanta. I mean, he did something wrong. I don't like the punishment. I felt that you know it was a little heavy, heavy-handed there by Roger Goodell. But this guy can play. And you put him next to Christian Kirk, you put him next to Zay Jones, you put him next to Evan Ingram, and you give him a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, why isn't he getting 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns? And what about the rookie wide receivers this year? Jackson Smith and Jenga, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison. What do you like? Is any one of those three, or maybe for another one you might have in mind, going to just break out and have this super year? I like all of them to, to one extent or another. I, I think Addison is in a really good spot. Remember, you're going into that Minnesota team with a great offense. K.J. Osborne is still there. People are sleeping on him. I'm not, but Addison is going to get his. Zay Flowers is very, what I like to call, twitchy in terms of just how he runs routes. Uh, and I think Todd Monken is going to bring a better offense to Baltimore for sure. Smith and Jigba, I think, is going to catch about 70 passes for, for Seattle. I think Seattle's going to throw the ball more than people think. Kenneth Walker's dealing with a groin injury. Zach Charbonnet is not 100%. So, yes, all three of those guys are in play for me. I just drafted Addison like in the eighth round of a draft this past weekend. I'll draft any of those three guys without any question. And then, as you just mentioned, in terms of like in Baltimore with a coordinator change, um, Washington, Denver, some other teams have had these coordinator changes, and that that makes a difference. I mean, the coordinator, Denver is a whole coaching staff and everything. But do you see something with someone where some of these changes were made, and that they're going to somehow unleash uh, these players that you know they were held back by uh, by poor coaching? Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest. Nathaniel Hackett was a disaster. Now, I don't think Sean Payton should have called him out. I think it was obvious to everybody in the league he was a disaster. Sean Payton is an offensive genius. Are you telling me that Denver's not going to be better this year than they were last year? They will be. Todd Monken was successful when he was in Tampa Bay. He was very successful at Georgia. He's got a ton of weapons at Baltimore. I mean, Greg Roman was running uh, the offense from the, uh, the Roman ages. I mean, so, look, I've got to think that Baltimore is going to be better. And I'll give you one sneaky one. Everybody noticed how bad the Vikings' defense was last year, right? Brian Flores is there in Minnesota now. You know he always brings those guys to play. Maybe they'll be more improved. So I think people overlook the coordinators changing, and I think sometimes those can have a very powerful impact. So don't, don't miss out on those. And you've sort of mentioned some of these that are my last final question, Dr. Roto, your sleepers. Some of these players that, boy, I'm sitting at the 8th and ninth, 10th rounds. I need to pick someone that's going to make a difference. What are some of the sleepers that we should be picking? Yeah, I've dropped a couple already. I'm big on Ken Bigsby, and I'm big on Sam Laporta. I'm big on Daniel Jones. I think all three of those guys can help you win your league. Bigsby is going to score touchdowns, and you're going to get him in round 10. Laporta is probably going to be their second-best target right now with Jamison Williams out for the first six weeks. And look, Daniel Jones, I'm a believer in Brian Dable. I mean, look at what that guy did last year. There was a picture of him in practice, and he was screaming at that team. Why? Because he demands perfection. And Jones is going to be better than he was last year, and he runs. So don't overlook him. I think those three guys will help you a lot this year. Dr. Rhoda, thank you so much. Mike, do you have any questions? One last one, just because you brought up, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker and, and Charbonnet. So 
and this is a personal thing. So I, I the season ends and my keepers for this year in, in my in my big league are Jamar Chase, great, and I've also got Tyler Algier and uh, Kenneth Walker. So I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. And then the draft comes around and welcome Bijan Robinson and Zach Charbonnet and kind of throws the plans off a little bit. What's your thoughts on Algier? Can he still be productive with Bijan there? And what kind of um, you know hit are you putting to, to to Walker with Charbonnet in the mix? Yeah, you got to keep Walker. You have to keep Walker, right? The guy's too talented, and I think when he comes back healthy, he will be a part of that offense. Uh, in terms of Algier, so look, I'm pretty friendly with D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and he said to me, Dr. Roto, he goes, they're going to use him as thunder and lightning. They're going to use both these guys. Algier is a big dude, and he's going to be really good in the red zone. And I, I think that Robinson, don't be shocked to see him lose some touchdowns because I think they, won't, they, they want to get Algier involved. Now, is he going to have 1,000 yards and 10 or 11 touchdowns? No, but what if I told you he have seven, 800 yards and seven touchdowns? Do I think I'd protect him in your league? No, but I think he's still a guy I would draft. Dr. Rode, I want to thank you so much for coming on once again. Always a fantastic interview, our resident fantasy guru here on Iron Sports. If you want to win your fantasy league, it's drrodo.com. Follow him on Twitter, at drrodo, and we'll see you at draft day, Dr. Rodo. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, be- appreciate you coming on your show, and can't wait to do it again.